We are delighted to be joined by Dwayne Atkinson. Hello and welcome to Exposit the Word. Hey, how's everybody doing? Glad to be here. Uh, we're good. Dwayne, you're normally on the other side of a mic, so does it feel a bit weird being interviewed? <laughs> it does, man. It does. Um, I, I'm usually the interviewer, yeah. uh, not often the interviewee, but I, you know what? I do love interviews, so I definitely take advantage of any chance I can to, to do it. Well, you're a very good interviewer, so you're making me slightly nervous. Like, I feel like I'm kind of interviewing my mentor here, you know? <laughs> well, well, I'm honoured to be uh, listed as that, but uh, I'm sure you'll do a great job. Yeah, sure. Just just don't be too critical with a review after, right? <laughs> right, right. I got you. Yeah. So before we talk about your podcast and, and everything that you're doing online, let's just talk about uh, you know yourself to begin with. Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and also how you became a Christian. Sure. So um, I'm a husband of one, father of four. <laughs> I tell people my children are the picture of grace. Uh, my oldest is adopted. My son was uh, out of wedlock before marriage. And then my two babies came five years after uh, me and my wife got married. We tried for five years and God mm-hmm. finally blessed us with it, man. And so I think it's a pre- picture of uh, of the gospel and the grace of God. Uh, my, my children definitely pride and joy of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, how I became a Christian, man, uh, we have to take it all the way back yeah. uh, to North Carolina. There's a little town called Turkey, North Carolina, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Istanbul. <laughs> it's an actual small town in North Carolina, eastern North Carolina, called Turkey. Yeah. Um, very rural area. I grew up on a farm. My parents uh, were Christians, both in the church. Uh, all I knew was church. Uh, you know, well, I know when I was, well, I think they got pictures of me walking for the first time I was in church. Mm-hmm. My parents cleaned the church on Friday night. So I was always in the church. Um, but, you know, I was in the church, but uh, Christ was not in my heart. Uh, So I grew up, um, you know, just knowing about church, but not knowing God, Um, played drums uh, for the church. And so I would do all the sinning I wanted to do on Saturday night and then jump behind the drums Sunday morning, um, thinking that that was good enough um, and also was an athlete. And so uh, God, uh, you know, just his providence, man, um, used my pride. I had a lot of pride being a musician and an athlete and mm-hmm. a womanizer. And, uh, he used that thing to, uh, to, to break me down to my knees, man. Um, the thing that he knew I, I, I had the most, I guess, you know, I was very prideful about being able to be a player or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so one night <clears throat> got caught up between the two ladies I was interested in at the time. And that was the thing that broke me. That's the thing that God used. And I rolled over out of my bed onto my knees and said, Lord, you know, um, I'm making a mess of my life. Please come into my heart. Um, and I wish, uh, that I could say that when I got up, everything was happily ever after. Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, being an athlete and a musician, the first place I turned to find quote unquote, the best of, Christians was TV and I turned to TBN and um, Uh that took me on a journey uh, into charismania, you know, the charismatic movement, uh, you know, into the new apostolic reformation um, because I assumed that because you were on TV, that mean you were the best at what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, So I was saved, but I went into 
false te- false teaching and false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about seven or eight years worth, uh, you know, climbing the ranks, uh, being a part of a staff of a, uh, a multi, you know, million dollar church, you know, one of those mega churches, being a part of the staff, um, being uh, licensed, air quote, as an apostle, uh, just making big moves, man. And, um, and I began to see the ugly side of it, man. I began to see the manipulation. I began to see how everything was about money. You mm. know, you do, you give money to get this or you give money to get that. Mm. And um, that led me on a, another journey <laughs> mm-hmm. to like, yo, like this, this, this isn't right, man. Money can't be the motive. Uh, you know, if it's a real move of God, like you say it is, then money can't dictate that. Um, and then I began to uh, look at uh, apologetics and you know, just, just to try to come up with answers. You know, that's one reason why I went to apologetics. And so, um, when I did that, um, I actually was a hardcore fundamental King James only, uh, <laughs> one of those guys, yeah. you know, and, and I had a, a friend of mine, that, a coworker that, um, was actually a Presbyterian pastor. I didn't know it at the time. And I was talking junk about Calvinism and reformed theology. He was like, Hey, you want to learn about it? And I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna learn about it so I can flip it and tell you how it's not biblical. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he took me in his office, man. And uh-huh. every day on his lunch break, I would go in his office and we would literally walk through the Westminster confession. And, uh, when it was all over, I, you know, pretty much kind of just turned around and say, Hey, I believe this man. I'm, I'm, I'm reformed. I, I believe in the reformed doctrine. Yeah. Um, and then he gave me resources. He gave me, you know, he told me about Ligonier. He told me about Grace to You, True for Life. And um, I just started just devouring that stuff, man, because I'm an audio person. I love to listen. Like, I'm not the biggest reader, yeah. uh, but I can listen all day. And uh, so I just started just devouring that stuff, man. And then I discovered podcasts. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, wait, you could you could do this and have fun? You know, I, I think I could bring something to the table. I might not be the smartest guy, but I can interview smart people yeah yeah um and so uh <laughs> that was the birth of the bar podcast man and uh five years later uh that developed into the bar network with uh you know three shows that have over three hundred thousand downloads one of them just hit 500k and mm-hmm. uh and other shows on the network that just produce phenomenal content man yeah. so that's my story man to, to from from uh wow. humble beginnings to yeah. humble endings <laughs> so many questions so many questions okay come on right. with them i got time <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning you mentioned that you was you was mixed up with this prosperity type church right so you mentioned New Apostolic Reformation. Just quickly, in case anybody's not familiar with that term, just sort of break that down. What is the New Apostolic Reformation and what kind of churches are involved in that today that the listeners mm-hmm. might be familiar with? Sure. So um, New Apostolic Reformation um, was, I think it was originally coined by C. Peter Wagner. Uh, C. Peter Wagner um, claimed he received a revelation from God that uh, the, the office of apostle would, yeah. needed to be reinstated. Um, in the early 80s, you know, everybody was an evangelist. Uh, to the mid 80s to the 90s, you know, then prophets, people claiming to be prophets and have say mm-hmm. prophecies. And then between the mid 90s up to now, or 
or I mean, Apostles has kind of you, you didn't hear those titles before, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. People weren't saying that. So C.P. Wagner coined that, said he was the uh, guy gave him that revelation. He's the apostle of apostles. Um, and so the New Apostolic Reformation um, has crept his way in pretty much almost all denominations besides uh, some, you know, solidly biblical ones, just because of the package with charismania, you know, being mm-hmm. charismatic and, and, you know, chasing after fame. So you could find if any church or non-denominational church that say that they have an apostle or the pastor calls himself apostle, they are most likely part of the new apostolic reformation movement. Um, or if they don't even call it, claim the title of apostleship, but they also uh, talk about the fivefold gift and operating in the fivefold gift with this is apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Uh, pastor, we all know that's something that's current. But uh, you know, they—if you hear people use that dialogue, you know, um, a new, new uh, dimension or new, uh, new wine skin, and they, you know, all of that kind of stuff. That's that. That's kind of a telltale that they're in um, the New Apostolic Reformation movement. And is the is the prosperity gospel really tied into this as well, Dwayne? Yes. Oh, yes. Prosperity, because it goes hand in hand. Because, yeah. um, see, when I when I say uh, charismatic, I, I lump in prosperity mm-hmm. um, because it's all I think they're I mean, they're all intertwined um, in the way and in, in what makes it go hand in hand is prosperity, you know, talks about, you know, decreeing and declaring. And then, you know, the new apostolic saying you have a apostolic uh um, authority to yeah. decree and declare and, and so it all it all ties in together so word of faith this is speaking things into existence and binding things mm-hmm. up right sure. that's correct okay so I, I i picked up on the point that you said that at some point you became an apostle i'm very interested as to hear how <laughs> how that happened i mean Everybody is. <laughs> was this was this on a business card like how, how did this happen <laughs> oh man so um Back to C. Peter Wagner, you know, he, he ordained uh, apostles under him. One of them was uh, Chuck Pierce, which yeah. some people may be familiar with him because he so-called had an um, prediction for COVID-19, which was a farce. But anyway, mm. Chuck Pierce uh, ordained his own set of apostles in his church, and those apostles, uh, a couple out of Dallas, Texas, connected with me and my wife. Um, and then we took a course, uh, pretty much over the phone, uh, course where we would call in and we had workbooks and we had books we needed to read and we had to write papers. And then when it was over at our graduation or coronation, we were supposed to preach a sermon and then, uh, God would tell the apostles what fivefold ministry gift we have. And so, Apparently, me and my wife, according to him, uh, had the the apostolic ministry gift. And so we received a certificate and we received some kind of sash to go over your shoulder. And, uh, you know, just like that, we were apostles. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly how it happened in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Said nobody. Yeah. (laughs) So... <laughs> so what happened? So really interesting story. So during your lunch break, you were speaking to this guy um, and, and you were trying to prove him wrong. What happened? Because obviously I'm, I'm assuming that you were still going to this um, NAR church. What what kind of happened in the interim? How did you kind of break away from that? How, how, how easy was it to do that? So mentally, I was already gone. Yeah. Um, like I said, because I I had got to a point where I was tired of seeing. And so I was already like, 
mentally gone from the church mm. um just kind of going because you know that's that's what you do you go to church that's where i grew up yeah. um and so i i just was it, it really had already happened you know seeing the manipulation seeing the money and then seeing people declare decree and declare and not nothing happened seeing people you know lay hands and nobody nobody's getting here you know seeing all of that i was already in a place where i was like okay this, this is not right i need to find something that's right and yeah. so uh when i was sitting with him it pretty much everything that he was saying was confirming everything that i grew up knowing but never knew how to put it in words yeah yeah so when you was a part of that movement how would you kind of excuse like there'd be people obviously giving prophecy and it, it didn't come true um you know, there would have been all sorts of, you know, people speaking healings into existence and it wouldn't happen. How did you kind of reconcile that in your mind when you were seeing these things happen? And how was your friend sort of dealing with that as well? So the way that they look at it, uh, I mean, which is no no scriptural basis. Mm. Let me make that clear. Yeah. Um, the way that they look at it is, you know, we uh, the verse where we all, uh, you know, hear or see in part. You know, you don't see the whole picture. You don't, you're not going to get it right all the time. Um, and so that's the verse that they use out of context. Um, you know, if, if you know, maybe we didn't hear God correctly or maybe, you know, uh, we didn't hear it just right. Or mm. maybe uh, the manifestations in heaven and just need to come down. You need to keep having faith. So to come down, it already happened, but you need to believe, you know, so mm. that they, they, they will explain in a way <laughs> yeah, yeah. they, they sure will. So, yeah. uh, but no, that's, that's one of the ones that, that, uh, that they would say, I mean, cause I would question it too. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm inquisitive like that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when they come with that explanation, it never really sat right, but it's just kind of like one of those things like, okay, what, 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 what else do I have? You yeah. know? Yeah. With such a focus on cash and, and money, what was it like being on the inside? Cause you know, we, we spoke to Costi Hinn a few weeks back and I was really interested to um, sort of ask him that, obviously his, his his uncle's Benny Hinn, and I wondered what it was like behind the scenes. I wonder if there was like a, a conscious effort to keep keep up the facade and, and, and kind oh, of... sure. So it, what was it like backstage for you, Dwayne? I mean, the same. It's same. You definitely have to keep the facade. I mean, you have to... You have to uh, you have to maintain the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mega passes were thinking about, um, uh, analytics and stats, uh, before the internet took off, you know, yeah. when they preached this sermon, this was a result when they, when we did the offering like this, this was a result, you know, with money being the, the measuring mark. Um, so the difference between me and Benny, uh, and not Benny, but Costi, which mm-hmm. Costi is a good friend of mine, Costi yeah. actually got a chance to enjoy the money. I just yeah. got a chance to help <laughs> strategize and, yeah. and look at it. You know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to enjoy it. You know, Costi was riding on a twenty twos and a Hummer. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that luxury. Yeah. Um, I was, I was part of the strategy and everything, but I did not reap the benefits. I mean, I was on, I was on staff, and you know, I had, I got paid. They paid me about an hour, but uh, you know, I didn't have the uh, the the hotel room with the private pool like Costi and all that. It's because you was an apostle with a small way. You needed to get you needed to get promoted, <laughs> Dwayne. That's what the problem was there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I needed to be a grand puba apostle. I <laughs> <Yeah>. guess <laughs> that's right. I without making this sound like I'm stalking you, Dwayne, I mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I've heard an, on another interview you talk about uh, a meeting with Benny Hinn. Um, tell us about that. What happened? 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's not stalking. It's on YouTube. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> seen it by now. Um, so with with uh, with Benny Hinn, um, he came came to town. Um, it was a big ordeal. Um, and so I'm gonna tell you this, and then I want to tell you uh, another part yeah. of that same story. So yeah. I was on stage. I was in the band. Um, and, you know, he did his thing, you know, he waved his hand and I saw people fall out, you know, he waved his hand at us, the band. And, you know, just you just learn it's learned behavior, man. You fall over or lay over or you lay down and you feel like the, the weight is on you, you know, and that's what he do. Um, but it wasn't like I did not feel actual, actual. And what was interesting is at the time, the praise and worship leader, uh, he brought him up and he grabbed his hand and waved his hand and then people fell and like told him he had the same yeah. <laughs> quote unquote anointing so yeah. uh it was definitely an interesting meeting um like i said uh got to be up there and and see it firsthand but i do want to tell you this man um because because again on staff uh there was a, a video like a wide shot yeah. of the whole service and so um I used to watch the DVDs, you know, help with uh, with titles and stuff. And so with the wide shot in the back of the building when Benny Hinn was there, there was a line of probably about 40 or 50 hospital beds, um, mm. um, um, wheelchairs. I mean, just people just lying across the back of the mm. building. And uh, when the service was over, um, because, you know, I have to watch it all the way to the end, I, I noticed that when the service over, people were leaving one by one, every one of those hospital beds, every one of those wheelchairs turned around and went back out. And I thought back then, like how, you know, how is this man claiming to be a real healer? Mm -hmm. And there's people in the back of the room that left the same way that they came. So yeah, yeah that was something that happened that night. Yeah. Did, did something happen? Am I right in thinking that there was a staged, um, they asked a couple of people to run up to almost choreograph, uh, 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 a sort of, yeah, 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 but that wasn't that wasn't Benny Hinn. No, that was a regular service. <laughs> okay, okay, right. <laughs> that, was, that was a regular Sunday. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a stage <laughs> thing um, with the it was you know one of the money making sermons is yeah. you know singles and relationship, um, and so uh, it was like you know we need this guy you know when I say this to run up and you know give an offering or mm. you know stand up and say man whatever and yeah they would they staged it out. Um, um, and then my wife actually reminded me of another instance where we saw the pastor, me and her, we were, I think we were engaged. We saw him at a gym yeah. and uh, she introduced me to him and everything. And this is when I first moved there. And then he got up the Sunday uh, of a big offering and said, yeah, I met this young lady and she had a nice looking young man. And she said she gave uh, her uh, seed for a husband and he blessed her with a husband. And like all the people ran up. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. But she didn't say anything. Yeah, that guy was right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you was literally the harvest. I was the harvest, man. Yes, sir. Wow. But I'm a good one, so that, yeah, that's, that works. That's she, true. She lucked up. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, Dwayne, you obviously mentioned that you was a drummer. I know within yes. the um, prosperity gospel and the NAR, worship music is a is a bit of a Trojan horse, right, for a lot of these movements to be able to get into people's front rooms. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, you know, that, that's the thing, man. Um, when I, when I grew up in the church, you know, it was mm. the old school Baptist, you know, basic songs. Yeah. When I made it to the mega church, 
Um, you're talking about lights and smoke and, and all of that, man. So they know the influence of music. Um, and that's why the, it's like, I'm, when I tell you it's production style, like it's a concert, you know? And so when you bring that quality and that sound and, and all of that, it's, mm-hmm. it's way easier to get sucked into it, you know? Yeah. So it don't matter if you're talking about, you know, sloppy wet kiss, which is disgusting every time I heard they sing that song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you're talking about, you know, uh, whatever it may be. But if you have the, you know, like an Israel Holton with a full band and a full sound yeah. and uh, or, you know, Hillsong, we always know talk about Hillsong. Mm. You know, when you have that kind of quality, it's so easy to uh, to, to just sway people. Yeah. Um, and that's why they play music when they do their quote unquote altar calls, yeah. because, the, you know, it, it sways people. Music will will lead you in a certain direction. Mm. And, um, and so to be a part of that, man, you know, uh, to be a part of that big production. Cause we, I mean, we, the band, we rehearsed like, you know, we were playing for prints. Like we, we rehearsed during the week. Yeah. We had a run through before service. You know, we had a, a quick run through between services. So it was, I mean, it was really high on the quality side and that, and that, like you said, it's a driving force and allows uh, the the terrible doctrine to creep in because mm-hmm. you're already susceptible after hearing, you know, um, songs that aren't biblical. Yeah, I am so thankful I've never heard the song "Sloppy Wet Kiss" before. <laughs> it's a line in in a song called "He Loves Us." Right. You know, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. Something, something. Yeah. I don't know. I hated that song. Pray for me, Dwayne. I feel like I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm gonna be tempted to to look this up on Spotify after this interview, and I'm hoping I don't. So it doesn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing: the the like the the chorus, which is repetitive, yeah. and that's the whole thing is repeating. Is he loves us? Oh, how he loves us! He loves us! Oh, how he loves us! You know, which yeah. you know, I agree that he yeah. loves us, yeah. but you know, it's the other stuff. Yeah, no, of course. So when you was when you was back there, um, what what did a Sunday morning look like from a teaching point of view? In terms of what was a preaching like, and also outside of a church service, what did sort of like discipleship look like as well? Like, yeah, yeah. so they they made attempts. Um, yeah. They had small groups. Um, they had they had um, campus pastors, and you know whatever uh, auxiliary you were a part of, there was quote unquote, a pastor over that auxiliary that you kind of, uh, partnered with, or, um, you know, Mm. uh, studied with. Um, and as far as, you know, the, the teaching, the teaching was strategic, uh, as far as the message, because it has to, you know, point to the offering. (laughs) Um, it also was recycled. Um, I remember when I figured out, you know, he was doing one of T.D. Jake's sermons, like he did a T.D. Jake's, um, uh, T.D. Jake's did this skit before his, uh, his sermon and the the pastor at this church did the exact same skit. I remember when I found it, I was like, oh my gosh, he's just (laughs) stole the man thing. But it's all, it's all themed. It's not expository. Um, you know, it's theme. It's it's a theme, and then it's um, I call it uh, scriptural hopscotch. You know, mm. skip through and find everything that points to whatever point you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the preaching. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the discipleship, like I said, it was not not like real hardcore. You know, 
let's be accountable, all of that. But it was, you know, this person is in charge of making sure that you're cool. Mm -hmm. If you need to talk to somebody, come to him. Don't go to the big guy. So Mm -hmm. that's what that was about. That's the danger with topical preaching, isn't it? When it's not expository, I mean, you can literally force the Bible to say whatever you want, right? By taking a little verse here and a little verse there out of context, right? Exactly, exactly. That's what makes it so dangerous. Yeah. Can you remember the the time when you first heard the gospel and like you just realized that it was all real and and that penny just dropped? Can you remember that time? Ooh, that's hard, man. Um okay, I think I remember and this this was uh this was interesting. Hmm. I think when it all just kind of like you know, this is the gospel uh type thing. Hmm. Uh, I remember one of my one of my actual guys on the network, Terrence Barlow. Um, he was doing a uh, video, you know, because he was doing the whole uh, abortion clinic um, stuff, you know, going out there and, and uh, preaching the gospel to okay. those ladies. Yeah, yeah. And he did a video on what the gospel was, mm. and he he proceeded to teach through scripture. Uh, what the gospel actually is opposed to because growing up and you know being in church all your life you hear the word gospel but you don't know what it really is like you know they call everything else the gospel yeah you know but um to actually hear you know the the fact that you know we're dead in sin and and we need a savior and he came and he died and he rose so do we all he took our place i mean Actually, hear that breakdown came from my homeboy Terrence Barlow, T. Barlow, yeah. and that was probably about oh about about seven or eight years ago. Psycho. When did you first get interested in podcasting? So the interest to do it myself mm. uh, came probably um, probably about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, after, like I told you, when I when I started listening to the grace to you and the truth of lives and those guys, yeah. great preaching. Um, you know, I found RefNet the app and then through RefNet, I found, you know, Al Moeller and, and other guys. And so that's when I started to look at podcasting. And I think the first one I started listening to was, um, Christ the centered, yeah. um, which is, you know, a podcast, um, on, you know, theology, real deep guys. And um, and then I discovered a podcast called the Reform Pub, uh, Les and Tanner, and they were pretty much talking about theology and beer and having a good time doing it. Yeah. And that was like, wait a minute, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when I got interested, man, um, because uh, it was like before that podcast, everything else was kind of ivory tower. You know, yeah. these guys, just real, real smart guys that studied, you know, all these years, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, but when I heard somebody actually have a good time and laugh and have trivia questions and things like that, uh, that's what uh, inspired me to start one. Sounds so good. So what what did you practically do to get your one off the ground? Oof, man. So <laughs> originally... The uh, podcast was supposed to be me and my team. I had a team of people that I had been kind of co-laboring with on the internet. We were supposed to do like this um, roundtable, you know, discussion on yeah. current events. Yeah. Um, and as you know, like I do, brother, it's hard to get two people on the line at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Imagine trying to get five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, you know, we would do a show and it fall apart. We'd do a show and it fall apart. Mm. Um, 
and then I went to a uh, I went to uh, this app called Sermon Audio, and it said Steve Lawson was in my the area that I was in uh, living in, and so I went to that that sermon. And right behind me was Todd Friel. And so after the service, I said, hey, Todd, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And he encouraged me so much to do it. Um, And so uh, after that, I was so encouraged and so excited. I told my team, I was like, hey, listen, you know, I know y'all busy. I'm not going to stress y'all. Y'all do what you need to do. I'm going to start the podcast. I'm going to just interview people, you know, and then when you're ready, we'll go from there. Mm. And so that's what it took for the bar to take off, man. And, um you know, sending out invitations, getting people on the show, um, and recording and just kind of finding my groove, man. That's, that's kind of the steps we took to, to get where we are. Yeah. Wow. You've conducted so many interviews. I'm really interested. What have been your favorites apart from when you interviewed me the other day? And, (laughs) (laughs) and also what, what are your funniest memories so far? Oh man. So, um, Yours is definitely my favorite. So far. <laughs> <laughs> you might you might be top ten, man. Top 10. No, I, I always tell people it's hard for me to pick a favorite podcast. To me, that's like saying you know which kid is your favorite. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I love all of them. I enjoyed all of them. Um, there, I'll tell you two that, uh, well, three that challenged me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was. Um, uh, Mark Dever, Mark Dever, that's a classic episode. Um, he literally punched me in the gut right <laughs> over the air. I mean, um, I was asking him about um, helping me with a friend that was agnostic, and then he literally stopped and prayed. He said, "Lord, I hope I pray that Dwayne get as passionate about his friend that's lost a, as he is this podcast." And it was like, yeah. <laughs> punch yeah. in the gut. Um, wow. The next one was. Um, Rosario Butterfield um, and you know she was talking about the gospel has a house key and inviting people in the house and evangelizing how if nobody invited her into their house she probably wouldn't be a Christian and then I responded I was like well you know I'm I'm a country guy and I got guns and I believe in security and this and that and then she was like you know so you're not going you're, you're not going to put that aside you don't trust God enough to invite somebody into your home and it was like another punch in the yeah yeah <laughs> I'm just as you're talking, Dwayne. I'm just crossing these people off on my list as we speak. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the last one um, was uh, is, is okay. Pastor Josh Bice uh, from from G uh, G three, uh, and he don't he didn't say anything particular that punched me in the chest. But every time he gets on, he just uh, really pounds hard on making sure you, you know, you're connected to a local body and local church. And that's always something. Every time he get on my show, man, I leave feeling like, okay, mm-hmm. the, you know, I got to make sure I'm plugged in and connected. Um, so as far as the funniest or funniest moment, um, two funniest moments. I hope I'm not being long winded, but I am a podcast. So I don't get to talk much. Yeah. No, you do. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one funny moment, uh, it never made it to the air, but, um, I had, you know, finally got Steve Lawson, uh, locked down to come on the show and his assistant gave him the wrong date, uh, to come on the show. And so yeah. he called, I, I don't know if you got a chance to hear the waiting music on my, uh, on my, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he called, man, and was waiting on me, and I had no idea. And uh, luckily, we worked it out, and I was able to get him. But man, when he, he when I got him on the phone, he was like, "Man, that darn waiting music almost drove me crazy." <laughs> How long was he there for? 
<laughs> two, two days. I don't even know, man. I felt so bad. I was like, yo, like, we're not supposed to be. It's tomorrow, you know? And he was, he was, he was cool, but he said that weight music almost, he yeah. almost tried, just gave up. He wanted to go and fool with me, man. So that was pretty funny. Um, and then also, anytime I have Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler on the show uh, yeah. from Doc and the Devotion, they, they keep me laughing. I mean, they keep me laughing. Yeah. Off, off the air. You know, Joe texts and call and say random stuff and my stomach be hurting from laughing. <laughs> Brilliant. One of the things that I love about you, Dwayne, is you've, you, you know, you're a real entrepreneur. You're so creative and but you're really kingdom focused with your entrepreneurial skills as well, because you haven't only got your own podcast. You've got like your own network going on with other podcasts involved as well. Tell us a little bit about that and, and how that all got started. Yeah, so uh, if you remember the team that I was talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I couldn't get together, we well, <laughs> finally got them together. <laughs> so we we came up with the idea uh, if they had podcast ideas, I would, um, you know, I would bring them, I would build the platform and then give them a place uh, to put their show. Um, and so that's how we, we had the idea of the network way back then before there was, was network publicly. Mm. Uh, so that's how I got started. Um, once we put it out there that we were a network, uh, we got approached uh, by a podcast and, you know, we, we grilled them pretty hard and we pulled their tax ID. No, I'm just kidding. We do all that, <laughs> but we did grill them pretty hard yeah. and, um, and, and we let them in. And then um, after that, man, I just kind of went on a, uh, uh, I don't know if your audience is familiar with uh the uh, 90s, mid 90 to late 2000 um, record label called Rockefeller yeah. uh, with Jay-Z and yeah. uh, those guys. I just kind of went on a Rockefeller spiel <laughs> where I just find somebody I like and then uh, invited them to be a part of the, the network. So wow. um, right now we have, uh, let's see. Let me see if I can name them real quick. Yeah, yeah, do it. Good. Go on. <laughs> so we have the Bar Podcast, mm-hmm. which is mine. We have Bar's Biblical Reform Spitters, which is my man uh, T. Barlow. He talks about uh, music and hip hop. We have uh, Just Thinking, uh, which is the hot. I mean, that is the probably the hottest one on the on the network right now. Just past five hundred thousand downloads. Yeah. Daryl and Virgil they handle current events for biblical worldview yeah we have uh pastor's discussion uh john hawk uh just two pastors talking about you know life and ministry we have guys with bibles um scott lee and sean literally walking through scripture yeah we have um um uh, truth and fire the podcast um with my my girl uh constance and we have um solar cast with Jim, uh, Chris, and Henry uh, bringing the Hispanic Latino uh, arena. You yeah. know, one of them is a pastor. Go, they talk about you know just random events. Yeah. Then we have uh, Thankful Homemaker. Uh, my good friend Miss Marcy. Yeah. Uh, she's just a sweet lady. Just talk about being a homemaker and glorifying God while doing it. Um, I think that's everybody. Is that everybody? I think that's everybody, man. Mate, that's a lineup. Uh, that's, that's a lineup. That's yeah, <laughs> that is that is so cool, mate. You you know one thing though, right? You've got a real weak spot in it. You, you haven't got like a really cool middle aged British guy on on there. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. There. I, I need that on my team. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just, know any? <laughs> yeah. Just in case anybody's listening who, who might have a podcast, yeah. how, how does it work? Like, are, are you open for people to reach out to you to to get on board with you, or how, how does that kind of process work? 
So, really, I, it, I have to feel it, man. Um, I don't mind you reaching out, um, but it, it's, it's, it just it has to feel right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, God has blessed me with a beautiful gift uh, called instincts, and yeah. um, and that has gotten me uh, this far in the podcast game. And yeah. I can sense, uh, you know, when it's a good podcast idea or I can sense when it may be not a good podcast idea and I have a good sense of, you know, this is something you can maintain and, and, and cause I'm really in it for the long run and I want yeah. people that are in it for the long run. So I don't mind the invitation. I don't mind people asking, inquiring, mm-hmm. um, and I'll take a look and I may look and look away. And then, you know, one day I see something is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's really just, you know, my, you know, my, my, my instincts yeah. uh, is how I go about finding, somebody to join you're very generous with your experience as well because obviously yeah you know you're you're one of the experienced sort of guys who's been doing this for a while leading the way um i know that you kind of consult and coach and support and and you're always you know always open to give people feedback tell us a little bit about that yeah so like you said man um I love doing that. Um, and the reason why I like doing that is because, uh, when I started, nobody did it for me. Um, I asked a lot of people about (laughs) what, what, what mic, what, what, what software you use, what, 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 but, uh, nobody really responded or if they did, it almost was like, I'm not giving you my secret. You know, I'm not going to let you in the door. Um, and so when, when God blessed me to, you know, do it all wrong. So I can tell you how to do it right. <laughs> yeah. I decided that, you know, freely he gave to me. So freely I'm a gift to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to just any, you can hit me up for any kind of information. I don't mind sharing it. Um, just recently I started, uh, wanting to clean it up and be professional and actually offer it as a service. Mm. Um, uh, with the price of course, with mm. the charge. Mm. Um, but I definitely, um, still like i have a soft spot for people so even yeah. if i'm like yeah sign up for a consultant you know this much an hour and then you hit me it was like so i just want to know this and i'll just tell you man yeah. just... <laughs> you, you end up paying them <laughs> right right <laughs> uh you mentioned earlier that you're in this for the long term what, what i mean obviously god is sovereign and it's all you know god willing but sure. in terms of you and and how you can influence what what's going on what what are your hopes long term what are you hoping um you know is the future for you guys Sure, man. So this has been my answer since I started. Um, I don't have this big, like, grand scheme of, you know, the super podcast or, you know, this is what I do for a living. Um, Sure, that that would be awesome. But honestly, long term, I just hope that every Tuesday when you grab your device and look at your phone, that you have a bar podcast new episode. That's that's long term dream that's my long-term goal is to be consistent giving you good content uh until you know jesus come back or something else happens yeah yeah what resources have helped you grow as a, as a christian so far man so i probably named them three times already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh ligonier yeah. uh table talk magazine um you know grace to you uh all of the sort of resources they have the mm-hmm. app uh, um true for life um and um you know just being able to to follow and and like uh you know great men of god that are saying mm-hmm. great things all of that stuff has helped in my growth um mm-hmm. partnering with uh great ministries like that um has helped my my growth um and then 
on you know more personal uh I, there's a small group that i'm a part of that also uh helps my spiritual growth being accountable to a group uh, i'm actually getting ready to relocate so okay. i'm not quote unquote technically uh part of a local body right now yeah. um because I'll, I'll be moving to another state mm-hmm. uh next month mm-hmm. and so i'm hoping hoping and praying that we can actually finally find a good church home and dig dig our, our feet in and and be be connected to wow hold on two seconds when i'm just going to quickly message josh boyce right now and tell him about what you just said two seconds <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm back he's not happy he's he'll, not happy he'll be calling me yeah <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I asked you three times what your favourite resources were is because you, you haven't actually mentioned exposit the word yet, Dwayne. I've been subtly hinting. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You, you're still new, man. You're still new. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let, let, me, let me back up there because I have to give you a shout out, brother. Because that, I, listen. I don't put people on my show that I don't either believe in or trust. Yeah. And um and Exposit Word has uh is slowly gonna add to my list of <laughs> nice. something that I, I go to readily. Yeah. Um I think I told you this uh, in the inbox. Mm. Um, the, the smart, the small group that I mentioned, we do a Bible study, and we're in the Book of John. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the members of the group posted uh, John. I think it was John two, mm. uh, with R.C. Sproul preaching it, and I was like, oh, okay, John two. But we were actually in three. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if this same YouTube channel <laughs> have three. And I went to the channel, was like. Wait a minute! They have almost every book in them, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I li- I listened to John three man came in that next Friday man I was just dropping all kind of nuggets that I had stole from RC <laughs> sounding real smart, but uh, but no man it is you, you what you're doing is a blessing man yeah. and um and I I'm definitely encouraged by it um I, de- I I've shared your YouTube channel with some folks um and already and um so you know what's next for you man you got to get an app you yes. know you got to have an app that that's, are linked to those yeah. or something like yeah. we got to get you out there yeah 100% that's that's a really good idea that would be something I'd love to do I love the idea of you verbatim just going into your small group like copying RC bro yeah. to the point where you're even going you know what's wrong with you people <laughs> <laughs> I think they would recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, man, this has been so fun, Dwayne. Really loved hanging Great out advice. with you, mate. One one last question. So if anyone's been listening to to us talk and, and hearing your story over the last sort of half an hour, 40 minutes, and, you know, they're wondering who this Jesus is that you're talking about, what would you what would you encourage them to do, Dwayne? How, break down the gospel for them and tell them why Jesus is so important. Well, you know, the reason... I, I love to tell people about Jesus and the reason why he's so important is because uh, without him, you're a loss. Yeah. You're a sinner. Yeah. You are separated from the God creator, mm. the one true living God. Mm. And this Jesus came down over 2000 years ago, lived the perfect life, mm. uh, which is very important. Um, and then died and rose again. But when he died, he died not only, uh, just to die, but he died for your sins. He actually took the punishment that you deserve. He took it to the grave mm-hmm. and rose with the keys of the kingdom with all power in his hand. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the father interceding for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that is the gospel mm-hmm. that God himself came in the flesh, walked the earth, took your sins, paid the price, 
resurrected and now uh, waiting for his great return. Mm. And we all say, come quickly, Lord, come yeah. quickly. Yeah, thank you, Dwayne. That's excellent. Dwayne, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Oh, man, just call me at night. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the best way is um, just go to thebarpodcast.com. Uh-huh. Um, you can find the podcast. You can hit the tab and hear all those other wonderful podcasts uh, with the Bar Network. Mm. Um, and then on Instagram and Twitter, uh, it's Dwayne21. So my name will be uh, D A W A I N, the number 21. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Don't send me a Facebook request because I don't know you and Facebook is for family, but still love you. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, you're giving away your age there, in, you know, with your handle 21. You're looking good, mate. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish. That was my favorite uh, sports number. That's the number I wore in high school. I was, you, wasn't, you wasn't born in 1921 then, no? Yeah, no. no. no, no not 1921. I'm not 21 years old, but I like the number 21. Yeah, uh, excellent. Dwayne, thank you so much for your time, buddy. I really enjoyed it. Same here, brother. Thank you. Thank you.